The following audio is from the Grove Church Marysville campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. Well, good morning, everybody, and I want to welcome you to Father's Day at the Grove on the roof. I want to welcome you to the second day of this glorious summer we're having. Looks like it's going to be about 85 and sunny today, not a drop of precipitation. Um, Oh, sorry. Uh, My bad. That That was Salt Lake City. Uh, different different weather report here. But uh, anyway, I hope you're having a, a good day so far. And again, happy Father's Day. I do want to let you know that uh, online, we have a Grove Church Facebook page. Some of you probably already know that. Some of you maybe don't. But on our Grove Church page, we actually put a post up yesterday. Let me find it real quick here. Um, we put it up yesterday. And, and what we did was we said, hey, if you got some great dad jokes, throw them up on that page, put them up on that page, and we're going to pick a few winners on Father's Day, and we're going to send some prizes to you. And so if I can find it here, um, real quick, there was some great ones um, that, that I want to share with you. So, and, oh, there's some new ones I'm going to read real quick too. But anyway, let me just share some of these real quick. So good good dad jokes. If you don't, you're not into dad jokes, you should be because they're the worst jokes ever. But um, what do you call an alligator detective? Uh, an investigator was one. Okay, another one. Um, let's see. Apparently, you can't use the word beef stew as a password. It's not stroganoff. So, okay, that's <laughs> boo. That's so terrible that that should win. Okay, um, let's see. Do you know what Forrest Gump's password is? One Forrest one. So, <laughs> so bad. Okay, uh, let's see. Here's a good one. How do you catch a unique rabbit? Uh, unique up on it. Uh, how do you catch a tame rabbit? The tame way, you you sneak up on it. So that's so terrible, so terrible. Um, why did God only make one yogi? Because he only made one boo-boo. So, okay, that's I'm done because I'm going to throw up. But anyway, um, go to our Grove Church Facebook page and post something on there along with the other jokes that are on there. And again, maybe you'll win a prize, but we just want to say happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. I hope you're celebrated today and... Um, I don't know. Maybe if it clears up, it'll get better. You can grill. If it doesn't get better, you can just microwave your your food. So um, happy Father's Day. Hey, uh, we're going to jump into the message today. And uh, we're in a series called Once Upon a Time. And what we're doing is we're taking uh, some some individuals in in the scriptures and kind of walking through their biography. And so once upon a time, the apostle Paul became a missionary and traveled three different times around the northern and eastern side of the Mediterranean Sea, um, establishing churches and strengthening churches um, throughout those journeys. Um, And in Acts chapter 14, when he's on his first missionary journey, he ended up in a city called Lystra. So if you go to Acts 14, you would find that. And in Lystra, he shared the gospel, and it says many people were uh, converted. They gave their lives to Jesus. They believed in the message of the cross for their salvation. And that's likely when two women named Lois and Eunice became believers in Jesus. Well, that missionary journey winds down. Paul ends up back in Jerusalem. And in Acts chapter 15, there's something called the Jerusalem Council. And so in Acts 15, um, they they kind of talk about all that God has done and and the different churches that were established and and great news, but they also talked a little bit about some of the issues they were encountering between freedom in Christ and legalism, between 
Jesus fulfilling the Old Testament law and the need to obey the law. And so they kind of convened together and gave them some parameters and then sent Paul back out and he goes with Silas on the second missionary journey to, to bring this letter to the churches, to encourage them and to give them just some basic parameters. Well, in Acts chapter 16 then, they're out on their first journey and they come back to that city I mentioned, Lystra. And in Lystra, they encounter a guy named Timothy. Well, Timothy is kind of a newer believer. He has a great reputation among the churches in Lystra as well as in Iconium. They're about 20 miles um, apart from one another. And it turns out he happens to be the son of uh, Eunice, I think, uh, of Lois, and the grandson of Eunice. He's the first second-generation Christian that we ever read about in history. And Paul sees in him the work of the Spirit and a sense of maturity and a sense of giftedness. So Paul basically says to Timothy, why don't you come join us on these journeys? And so um, Timothy joins Paul, and they, they take kind of these missionary journeys together. Well, as they continue, and as you look throughout the New Testament, you find that Timothy is mentioned 28 different times. And in fact, many of us are aware of this, two of the letters that we have in the New Testament are 1st and 2nd Timothy, and they're letters written by Paul as an encouragement to a young Timothy as a leader in the church. And so Timothy's mentioned a bunch of different times. One of the cool things is, you see Timothy kind of de developing and it starts out and there's different titles given to Timothy. Timothy is called Paul's coworker. He's called Paul's friend. He's called Paul's assistant. He's also known as, as, um, uh, Timothy's, uh, as Paul's son in the faith. And so you have all of these different um, titles for Timothy in the New Testament. In fact, some of the letters as Paul is writing them Remember, Timothy is traveling with Paul. Some of the letters that Paul writes includes, you know, to the church, you know, in Thessalonica from Paul, Timothy, and, you know, Silas or whoever. But Timothy is also mentioned at the beginning of these letters as, hey, we're together in this, I'm writing this, and it's from all of us. And so Timothy is part of that as well. Um, what I love is that you kind of get a little bit of, of the nature of who Timothy is as you continue to read in the New Testament. Twice, Paul leaves Timothy back in a certain city while Paul goes on to encourage other churches. And sometimes he leaves Timothy and Silas. Sometimes we see he just leaves Timothy or, or other people that aren't mentioned. But Timothy stays behind to encourage and strengthen certain churches. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians 3, verses 1 through 3, it says this, So when we could stand it no longer... We thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service and spreading the gospel, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by your trials or by these trials. And so Timothy was left back to strengthen and encourage churches while Paul went on ahead to make a way, and then Timothy would later join him. And as you continue through the New Testament, you kind of see this picture. Philippians actually provides, I think, one of the best compliments from Paul about Timothy. Now, Philippians was written as Paul is sitting in a prison and he's writing to the church to encourage them about the power of joy. Well, one of the sources of encouragement and joy 
that, that uh, he gives to the church is his relationship with Timothy. And I want you to see these words in Philippians 2, verse 20 through 22. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. Listen to this, verse 20 of Philippians 2. I have no one else like him who will show genuine care for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. That to me is a huge encouragement. The idea, he says, I have no one else like that. Everybody else has their own agendas, has an angle for how they can kind of raise their position in this world or in leadership. Timothy's not like that. Timothy is a servant. Timothy has a heart of gold. Timothy has proven himself. Timothy is amazing. And Kira Sabak here is going, I'm married to Timothy, so I, I agree with you. But different Timothy, okay, different Timothy. But um, what, what I love is that when you continue the story of Timothy, when you look it up in the New Testament, Testament, um, you get to first and second Timothy. Now, let me say this. Um, these letters are some of the most intimate we have from Paul. Paul is a lot more firm in other letters. And he, there's times when he's writing to Timothy specifically in these letters that he's firm, but there's more of an intimate tone, father to son. And I, and I love this because here we are on Father's Day and the encouragement that, that I want to get to here in a moment hopefully will make total sense. But I love when you get to Timothy, what you find out is this. Timothy actually becomes the pastor of the church in Ephesus. When you look at church history, Timothy was established as the pastor in Ephesus. Now, uh, the Life Application Bible uh, makes this commentary. As I was studying, I, I came across this and I thought, man, that's worth sharing. It says, Paul was writing to one of his closest friends. They had traveled, suffered, cried, and laughed together. They shared the intense joy of seeing people respond to the good news and the agonies of seeing the gospel rejected and distorted. And then when you look at the two letters, First and Second Timothy, what's cool is that uh, multiple times Paul talks of Timothy needing to take heart, uh, to have courage, to step up and to lead, because one of the struggles that Timothy had, it seemed to be, was that he was rather timid. And so I love how when you look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, in verse 13, it says this. And he, again, this is Paul writing specifically to Timothy, who he says is my son in the faith. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Again, if you study this, you would take note that there's a sense of, of timidity and Paul's going, come on, rise up and lead. Come on, don't be timid. You've got what it takes. Don't forget that when you have that encounter with the Holy Spirit and you have that sense of confidence, don't let that memory go. Be reminded that you've got the goods to lead in the ways that I'm calling you to lead. And so there's Paul encouraging Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 with those words. When you get to 2 Timothy chapter 1, um, at verse 2, 
right opening up here, it says, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me say this. Second Timothy is the last letter that we have of Paul when you look at the dates of when each one was written. And so this is the last one, this is the last words that we have at all from Paul to anybody in the New Testament. And what I love is, again, the words here, when you look at it, it says, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, to Timothy, my dear son. And then listen to these words in verse three. I thank God, whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. See, Paul is actually writing during his second imprisonment. And he's moving towards kind of this death sentence that, that is awaiting him. And he's writing a few last things. And he decides to write this letter to somebody he considers a son in the faith. And it's Timothy. And he says, he talks about recalling your tears probably at the times when they parted ways. Maybe at times when they had to part ways and they weren't sure if they would ever see each other again. But he says, recalling your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, see, here's this encouragement again from this timidity. For this reason, I remind you to fan in the flame, into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit of God gave us, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power and love and a sound mind or, or, or of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed about the testimony of our Lord. Over and over when you read First and Second Timothy, he's saying, Timothy, be strong. Timothy, lead the way. Timothy, use the gifts God has given, given you. Timothy, you're called to something great. Timothy, don't shy back. Timothy, entrust leadership to the right people. Timothy, you can do this. He says in 2 Timothy 2, 22, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, peace, and love along with all of those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. There's something about in Timothy's life, this need for somebody like Paul to encourage him to be bold, to encourage him to step up, to encourage him to make a difference, to encourage him to stay focused and be diligent. And I bring it up today simply because on a day like Father's Day, what better time to ask who in your life needs encouragement? Who in your life maybe struggles with timidity, struggles with insecurity, struggles with not being enough, struggles with feeling like a failure, struggles with they can't measure up? Who in your life around you feels that way and what are you doing about it? I think in particular, on a Father's Day, how many young men just need somebody to know they believe in them? How many young people, and this, this includes females as well, just need somebody to say, don't give up. There's something better coming. Don't throw in the towel. You've got the goods. You are called. You can make a difference. And maybe for some of us, it's our own children. 
Maybe for some of us, it's the neighbor kid. Maybe for some of us, it's, it's, the, it's the nephew or the niece or the, the, the grandson or the granddaughter. Maybe it's a friend's kid who's struggling and going through some things. I don't know who it might be for you, but let me ask you a simple question. Who in your life are you intentionally encouraging? And don't overcomplicate this. Sometimes it's as easy as a simple text, a sentence or two. Sometimes it's, a, it's, a, it's an email that might say a few things. Sometimes it's reading the scriptures and going, ooh, that was a good one. I'm gonna send that to somebody that maybe just needs that today. Maybe it's an actual phone call. Heaven forbid you talk to somebody on the line for a few minutes at a time. I know young people don't like that. My phone's ringing, how weird. Why don't they just text me? <laughs> Who are you encouraging? As 1 Timothy 4.12 says, do not let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example to the believers in speech, life, in love, in faith, and in purity. See, I think of these three young gals right behind me right here who led worship today. I think of joy and Anna and Kirsa. I think of the guys like Evan and Eli who are running tech about... 10 feet below me in the building, making sure things are working online right now. Young guys that feel like they have this call to make a difference in ministry. I think of different people. What does it mean to be an encourager to them? Because there's no doubt I've been encouraged when I think back on my own life. Some of our guys that, that, that need, I think of the Ethan Gadberries who just graduated. Happy graduation, by the way. I think of the Riley Johnsons, and right now, some of these guys are scrubbing toilets and vacuuming floors at the church. But I think back on my own life, when in 1995 and 96 and 97, I believe, I, I was a janitor at the Grove Church. And yet I remember specifically guys like Tom Westerfield and Johnny Martinez and Eddie Willis, names that most people right now are, you don't even know who they are but they were the previous pastors at the church in different capacities. And yet guys that would take me to lunch sometimes, guys that would let me come into their office and just shoot the breeze for a while, guys that would encourage me when Heather broke up with me and I was brokenhearted. And of course she came back and we got married and happily ever after. But anyway, <laughs> but I think of like how many people along my journey, my own uncle who's right now in this parking lot that I think back and go, man, I appreciate so much him opening his home to me at times when I basically lived with them and I mooched off them for years, actually. I owe them a ton, but I'll write that check someday. <laughs> but honestly, there's something about how we're wired, you guys, that, that we're meant to encourage other people. And, and like I said, don't overcomplicate it. It doesn't mean you've got to commit to three times a week writing three-page letters or, or you've got to study something and give them some great book that you've read and underlined to highlight everything. You don't have to overcomplicate it. If you want to do those things, great. But the truth is, it doesn't have to be overly complicated. But do you know how far a word of encouragement goes? Think back to times when you were encouraged. Think back to times where somebody just pulled you aside for a moment. Said, man, great job. You're gifted. Hey, good way to go with that. That's awesome. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated. But the question remains, who are you encouraging? And then the other side of it, what about Paul? What, what, what about the fact that there were times where he needed encouragement? 
And when you read through, especially 2 Timothy, he talks, at the end of Romans, he does a whole list, almost a chapter of people. He goes, this person's encouraging. This person's encouraging. I love that person for doing that. I love that that's going on. Paul was encouraged by other people. And that's the question too. Not only who are you encouraging, but who encourages you? You've probably heard the phrase before if you've been in church world for any length of time, but but there's no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. And somebody even once said, even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. (laughs) It's like there's no such thing because we're not meant to do this alone. God brings us into relationship with one another. It's why we're all going, can we be together, please? Can we get into a building at some point? Yes, absolutely. I'm excited too for that. But, But we're not meant to do this alone. Who encourages you? And if you go, you know what? There aren't a lot of people. I don't know. Nobody. I encourage other people. Nobody encourages me. Well, stop for a moment and consider what it looks like for you to invest in other people in a way that that relationship begins to be built. Because again, we can't do this alone. We're not created to do this alone. At the end of the day, and I just put this at the end of my notes, it's a simple question. Are you aware of the profound effect your life is meant to have on others? Are you aware of the profound effect your life is meant to have on other people? And maybe just write that down this week and consider it, ponder it. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't mean crazy amounts of investment in doing things that feel so impossible and the bar's too high. But the idea that the way that you love other people, that there's that relationship, that your life means something. Are you aware of the profound effect your life is meant to have on other people? I think of that phrase, like father, like son. (laughs) And sometimes because I have a kid who's about to turn 15 and turn nine, two boys, we have two girls as well. But I think of like, like father, like son. And I remember Heather telling me for years, because I, I do, I like to joke around and be funny. And of course, when you're 14, you're a smart aleck. When you, when you become an adult, you're witty. But so I don't know what that difference is. But I remember like Jackson, who he, again, he's, he's almost 15, loves the joke, loves the tease, loves, loves the kid. And my wife early, I mean, years ago, he's six, seven, eight years old. He's learning about kind of joking and kidding and kind of stuff like that. And he really picked it up and really, but he wouldn't shut it off. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, what have I done? Like, yep, she tried to warn me. But it's that whole idea, like, like father, like son, it's true. And, and I think think of that in the world that we live in, how much that that, that sense of encouragement and love and, and support is needed. I want my kids to feel so secure in my love that they can go out and take on the world and try to accomplish big things. And even if they fail, they got a dad who says, come on, it's okay. You gave it a shot, way to go. I'm glad you tried. And I just go back to that sense of, hey, who are you encouraging and who encourages you? Because without it, it's sad to think of the insecurity that we can live in. It's sad to think the things we would never do because we never feel like we actually could climb the mountain. But through encouragement and through love, it's amazing what can happen in the lives of people. Famous last words, the very last two sentences 
that we have from Paul in the New Testament. Maybe they're not incredibly profound, but I'm going to read them and I'm going to pray. It simply says this, the Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. Father, today, when I think about Timothy and that it really seems like he struggled with being timid, with feeling insecure for whatever reason. But God, I'm grateful for someone like Paul who came along and said, don't, don't forget, you've got goods in you. You can do something. You've been called. You have what it takes over and over. And I pray for every single one of us. God, we have people in our lives that maybe it's not a huge deal, but we're able to spend some time encouraging here and there. We're able to build into God that, we, that others need that encouragement. But the other side of it is that we need to encourage others. And so I pray for you to help us understand the value of encouragement, the encouragement we give as well as the encouragement we need to receive. Father, help us live it out, especially as we consider what Father's Day should mean. Because Father's Day isn't just about biological fathers, and that's great, and it's important, and I'm glad we value it on a day like today. But it's also about realizing some of the people around us that while they may not be our biological dad, maybe they've encouraged us. Maybe they've helped us out. Maybe they've given us a hand up when we needed it. Maybe they've invested. Maybe it's a boss that we actually value highly. Maybe it's a, 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 somebody from our past that, you know, I'm just going to send them a quick note. Maybe it's somebody we know currently that we just need to stop and say, thank you. But God, I pray that we would live with that sense of conviction when it comes to encouragement. And yeah, it's for guys today on Father's Day, but honestly, Lord, it's for gals too. And so I pray for all of us to understand it's a need in Jesus' name. Amen. Ah, thanks for joining us. It's nice to see the parking lot starting to dry out. Again, happy second day of summer. Um, hey, a couple of things real quick. Uh, we're starting coming up. You're going to hear some more this week about um, summer Zoom discipleship. And when I say Zoom discipleship, I'm talking about um, the Zoom meeting app that you can use. But we're going to do some discipleship this summer where every week, it looks like probably on a Tuesday evening, we're going to do uh, just some discipleship. We're going to walk through a book of the Bible together, and we're going to give you some info to log on and you can join us and there'll be some interaction. There'll be some Q&A. There'll be some ways to comment back and forth, but we're going to walk through one of Paul's letters this summer. So I encourage you to be a part of that. Look for more info about it. Where you're going to find that info is on our e-news, on our website, as well as on social media, whether it's Instagram or on Facebook. So you can log in and find out more details. So just be aware that that's coming. Also want to let you know that, that I've been talking about praying for wisdom as we try to figure out in the world we live in, what does it look like to continue to meet and, and can that change into like in building type of stuff. And we're trying to figure that out. We've been exploring options. I've got a whiteboard in my office with all kinds of different options of service times and ways to gather. Can we do like in the parking lot and then do in the building on the same Sunday and kind of go back and forth and stuff. So we're trying to figure it out. We don't have all the answers, but we are coming to some things that seem pretty promising. I know that's like, well, that's not saying anything. It's kind of true, but we are trying to figure it out. Just continue to pray for that wisdom. We realize that we want to be safe. We realize that we want to be able to meet in our building, but we also go, okay, let's do this to the best of our ability. And maybe it's offering a little bit of both ends. So I don't know, drive in and in building, but we're trying to figure that out. Just continue to pray. And uh, uh, again, appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Have a happy Father's Day. As I mentioned earlier, as it clears up, maybe you're going to barbecue. If not, then just use your microwave and have a great, you know, heated meal, I guess. I don't know. But uh, anyway, happy Father's Day. Hope you have an awesome day. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us. 
Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Marysville Sermon Podcast. If you want to keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.